Well, smile. Jesus loves you. Be happy. We're in the house of God. Amen. And I think God's going to speak to a lot of people. As, as I was preparing this week, last week we spoke about what it is to be desperate for Jesus and to coming after Jesus, right? And as I was preparing this message tonight, I had something else in mind. And God placed in my heart. And we're going to be talking about the power of forgiving and loving others. The power of letting go and letting God. And learning to forgive people. I think that one of the hardest things that a lot of us young people, adults have is we have a trouble forgiving. Either because we were either emotionally abused, sexually abused when we were younger. Either because people did things to us. Either because of church hurt. Either it was because, you know, we trusted and we decided to be in a relationship with somebody and we gave our trust to that person. But maybe that person abused that trust. And then later on, that what, what happened was that we ended up holding something against that person. Each one of us here tonight has sometime at one point in life have dealt with unforgiveness. Who here has ever been hurt? Lift your hands. I will lift both hands up and my feet. We've all been hurt here. And dealing with hurt, you can't avoid that. But what you can avoid is how you deal with it. And a lot of times certain hurts and certain pain in our lives are the root of what's keeping us away from God. It's keeping us away from getting closer to God. And we're going to find out tonight what, what are the causes of unforgiveness? What happens when we don't forgive people? But it, it went deeper than that. Because as I was preparing this, I'm like, God, but what if someone's here sitting down tonight and they don't have unforgiveness or anybody? What if they have no remorse, no hurt against anybody? The Lord told me, well, there's a lot of people here who don't forgive themselves. You forgive other people, but you don't know how to forgive yourself. And then the Lord told me, and then there's people here who maybe they have something against somebody. And if you don't, maybe you have something against yourself. And if you don't, maybe you have something against God. One day I was out in the streets talking to somebody about Jesus. And the young man told me, you know what? I don't serve God. You know why I don't love God? Why well, I don't think God is real? Because where was God when my grandmother died? Those were his exact words. He's like, where was, my, where was God when my grandmother had cancer and he didn't show up? And this is the thing is that a lot of times when things, when the going gets tough, the number one thing we always love to do is blame God for everything. Well, let's ask ourselves, are we seeking God just in the midst of trial and problems? Or are we seeking God when also everything else is going good? Because we want God to be our 911. When things are going bad, that's when I'm going to seek God. And when God doesn't perform the miracle where God doesn't do what he has to do, we're quick to just say, you see, God is not real. God didn't hear my prayer. And it's like God is not a, I've said this so many times here, and I'm going to say it again. Like God is not no drive through He's not no genie that you're going to ask for three wishes and he's going to give it to you. No, God is personal and he wants a relationship with us. And we can't expect good things from God or we can't expect the benefits of God. If we don't get draw close to God and have a relationship with him. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. If you got your Bible, open it up. Let's take that dust out of that Bible. If you got your phone, open it. Just try not to go on social media and get distracted. We're growing Sunday nights. Usually Sunday mornings what we do is that we put the Bible verses up here. We're praying that more people start coming and we're going to have a media team that's going to help us out with all these things. 
So for now, just get your Bible. If you're watching us through Instagram or YouTube, get your Bible. If not, just listen to it. It says Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. We're going to be talking today about the power of forgiving and loving others. And it says, you have heard that it, it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother, and this is the key part, without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. In other words, Jesus is telling us, he's comparing what a murderer does. Who here knows what a murderer is, right? Someone who goes out and kills somebody, right? He says that the same judgment will also be upon the person who is angry with his brother without a cause, right? And a lot of us here, we're killing our brothers and our sisters, our family and our friends, not, not with an actual gun or something, but we're killing them with our words, with our tongue, and with the way we're being. And I've always said this to people. There's a lot of people here or out in the streets that will never pick up a Bible, that will never know about Jesus. And I always tell them, let them see the Bible through you. Let people see Jesus through you. So check this out. And it says, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, because that's the thing. Many people think that getting angry is a sin. No, the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. What does that mean? There's a difference between getting angry and there's a difference between holding an anger that causes sin. What does that mean? It's okay that, for example, who here has ever woken up middle of the night or somewhere, you're trying to get water, you're like half asleep, half awake, and then your toes just slam onto something. You just get angry. Has that ever happened to anybody? Or you step on a piece of Legos and you're like, ah, that hurts. Anybody? Yes? All right. It's, that's a normal type of angry. It's a normal type of anger. The word of God says be angry but don't sin. Meaning what? Don't let that get to your heart. Don't let that anger cause roots of bitterness and anger in your life. For example, you're in a relationship. The person probably abused your trust. Let go of you without an explanation, without a reason. The number one thing that wants to happen to you is that you want to start holding bitterness in your heart. Now, all you think about is just evil thoughts about that person. It's hard for you to forgive them. You know, every time you think about them, you just feel something inside you. Has anybody ever felt like that? Where you think of somebody and then it just, it just kind of irks you. Like you don't even want to see them like in Target walking around because you're ready just to smack them. Has anybody felt like that? That's the type of anger the Lord is talking about. It says don't be angry without a cause. And check this out. What is unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is when you are unwilling or unable to forgive someone for upsetting you, betraying you, or breaking your trust. Because listen to this. Unforgiveness is just not something like I can't forgive. There's people here tonight probably are watching me that you want to forgive, but you just can't seem to forgive. Who here has ever gone and tried to plant a flower or tried to plant a a fruit tree or anything like that. Anybody here? What is the number one thing that hap what happens? Or why a tree is so strong because its roots are so deep, right? And the thing is that if we allow anger to get into our hearts and unforgiveness to get into our hearts, what's going to happen is it's going to start uprooting in our hearts that the next thing you know, it's so hard to let go of it. You want to let go of it, you want to forgive, but you just can't. You want to let go of that person, yet on Instagram, you're going around and fake, making a fake account to look at the other person's Instagram. You know, when it gets that deeper, you just feel like you can't let it go. I'm getting personal here tonight because I'm telling on myself. 
that next time you want to talk to somebody else, you always keep thinking, because this is the thing that society likes to tell us, all men are the same, all women are the same. No, 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 that's not how Jesus rolls. But because bitterness and unforgiveness have taken hold of our hearts, we think everybody's the same. We think every church is the same. Because church hurt is real. I've been through it. I went through it. And we think that every church is the same. Because we still hold that bitterness from the past. That anger for the past. They did this to me. I served my whole life in this ministry. And then they, they took it for advantage. They hurt me. I'm never going to serve at another church again. We've let roots of bitterness in our hearts. We look ourselves in the mirror. And we call ourselves ugly. Low self-esteem. We don't know how to forgive ourselves. It was my fault. I shouldn't have jumped into this relationship. Everyone was telling me to not jump into it, and I did it. It was my fault for making this mistake that one night. It was my fault that I went to that party tonight. Learn to forgive yourself, God is telling you tonight. Learn to let go of those things and learn to forgive yourself. God does not want you to hold anger in your hearts as the day passes. Behold, the Bible says, I do a new thing. God wants to do new things in your life, but he can't do it. If you're still holding on to the luggage from back then, you can't grow in your relationship with God. If every time you want to grow in God, you're always thinking about what they did to you, the things they said to you, the things you're thinking about yourself. We can't grow in life like that. That's why unforgiveness is so real. And a lot of churches, a lot of people are not talking about it. Are we here tonight? So what does unforgiveness and anger do to our lives? Number one, it hinders our relationship with God. For all those who are taking notes tonight, number one, it hinders our relationship with God. Someone who has unforgiveness in their heart. It hinders you from growing in God. What do you mean, Jimmy? We're going to get to there right now. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Is the AC on? Because I'm burning. It's on? Yeah? All right. I think it's because I'm wearing this and we're in summer. I think I forgot. But anyways, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. It's okay. It's good. I don't want everyone else to be cold. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Growing up in church, I heard this Bible verse so many times, and it's like, if you have something against your brother, don't give the offering, and then go and forgive the person. But I started rereading this Bible verse, and look what it says. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you. Not that you have something against your brother. That they have something against you. Who here tonight is sitting down here and you know that people have something against you. Maybe you hurt somebody. Maybe you did something wrong to somebody. God is telling you tonight, put that offering down. Go and, and ask for forgiveness. Oh, but Jimmy, you don't understand. They did this to me. God is not asking who is at fault here. God is, so, is telling you, let my love fill your heart for then you can go out and forgive others. That's reflecting the character of Christ. We all hear quote on Instagram and have it where the Bible says in the book of Genesis that God created us in our image and our likeness. If he created you in his image and likeness, let's reflect Christ wherever we go. If, you're in a, if, if you have past relationship, past traumas, and let me tell you, you can't do it in your own strength. You need God. And check this out. 
It says, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. An offering is a sign of worship. In other words, what unforgiveness does is it, it hinders your worship from getting to God. There's people here tonight that maybe say, you know what, I, I, it's hard for me to feel the presence of God. Examine your heart. Do I have something against somebody? Do I have unforgiveness over myself? Am I offended at God? You know, one day I was praying for somebody. The person had arthritis. Because this is the thing. We're in a spiritual walk. And things are spiritual. And check this out. I was one day praying for somebody. And the person had arthritis. Like the person's bones were like literally like this. All like, the person couldn't move them. They were stuck like that. Anybody here know somebody like that or seen that? When the arthritis is just so big and, and it just cramps up their bones. And the Lord told me, this person has unforgiveness over somebody. So I asked them, I'm like, is, I'm like There's, is there somebody that you need to forgive? And the person just throwing, starts throwing themselves crying. And she went through a, a hard growing up and it was hard for her to forgive her parents and her dad because they abandoned her and all these things. As soon as I said, repeat after me and say, Lord, I forgive and mention the person's name. And the person did that. Instantly, the person was healed. What does that mean? Is that what, what, what unforgiveness does, it likes to hold you back. Spiritually and physically. It likes to grab you and doesn't want you to get to the next level in life. If only each person that's sitting here down tonight and watching me tonight knew the plans that God has for you, you would instantly let go of everything else. What if I told you that what you, what you have in your heart towards that one person is what's keeping you away from the next blessing God has for you? What if God has that next relationship for you? What if God has marriage for you? What if God has that other blessing for you? It's okay if you hear the baby crying. You know what I heard one day somebody said? I'd rather have my baby crying in church than me later down the line when they get older, me crying for them to come to church. So it's all good, all right? Because um, the Bible even says, let the kids come to me, all right? So let's not, don't, don't get distracted. Just if you hear the baby, it's all good. Um, so offering equals worship. And a lot of times the reasons our offerings, our tithes, our prayers, and our worship is being hindered is because we have something against somebody or we have anger towards somebody. Because like, check this out. Worship is a matter of your heart. If worship doesn't come from the heart, it's not worship. The Bible says that God is waiting for those who worship him in spirit and in truth, meaning with your heart. So if you have unforgiveness, if you're holding anger towards somebody, you're worshiping God half-heartedly. You're worshiping God with half of your heart, but why? Because the definition of, because God, his nature is love. And he's teaching us through his word that it's better to let go and let God than to keep things, to, than to keep things in your heart and thinking that you can still continue serving God the way you want to serve. And that's why I always tell people, if Jesus really came into your heart and you're not doing any change in your life, I question if really Jesus is in your heart. I know that's a little bit rough, but it's true. Because when Jesus really comes into your heart, you know there's things in your heart that tell you. A lot of people like to call that gut feeling that just tell you, hey, why don't you call this person and ask for forgiveness? I remember my dad who's in the back, he tells, he tells this testimony. I think I could tell this testimony because he always says it. He grew up watching my grandfather which is his dad beat up my grandmother as a young kid 
He would see where he would just lock her up in the room and would just start punching her and would just start abusing her. And due to that, my dad started getting heavily into drugs, alcohol, partying, all these things. And one day he went to a retreat. To make the long story short, God encountered him. The number one thing he did when he came back from the retreat, he says that he remembers he was getting off the bus and he sees his dad coming. And it was just, it was raining that day like crazy and there was just rocks all over the floor. He says he just threw himself to the knee, to his knees and started asking for forgiveness towards his dad. Because when Jesus comes into your heart, you just want to love everybody. Because you know that when even, no matter who's at fault, you just want to forgive. And you just want everyone to experience that love that he placed in your heart. So when Jesus really comes into our lives... We got to forgive people. We got to love people no matter how it looks. And you got to learn to love yourself as well. You got to learn to forgive yourself. Even if it was your mistake. Even if it was your decision. The Bible says that when we ask for forgiveness, God cleans that sin as white as snow. And he doesn't even think about it anymore. And there's a lot, the only one who likes to bring remorse and loves to bring your past into your present is the enemy. If you ask God for forgiveness right now for things that you did before, you know what? God, God is so beautiful that he forgets already what you did. So if then tomorrow you go and you remind him about what you did, he doesn't even know what you're talking about anymore. That's how you should be as well. God, I forgive this person. I'm sorry. That's it. So number one, what is it? It hinders our relationship with God. Number two. I'm almost wrapping up. Number two, it reflects our spiritual condition. I want you to say with me. Say, it reflects our spiritual condition. I want us to go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. This is only getting better. Give me 15, 20 more minutes and, we, and, and we're going to pray for some people. 1 John 4, 20. It says, somebody, we got it? 1 John 4, 20. I love this verse. It's rough, but it's good. It says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? I want everyone to repeat after me and say, ouch. That's rough. Look what it says. Look what the Bible says. Not Jimmy. Not Danny. Not Dwayne. Look what the Bible says. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. In other words, you can't say you have a relationship with God if we're hating everybody. You can't say, because the number one thing that God does to you when you get into that closeness with God, when you start developing that relationship with God, is that he starts filling you with love. So we can't say we love God, but we're hating everybody else. Who's seen here on Instagram all these people? And it's so sad because it starts with the Christian community first. We say we love the Lord, but we're hating everybody else around just because they have a different opinion than you do, a different conviction than you do. The Bible says, let every man be a liar, but God be true. His word is truth. And if he says that, if you say, I love God, but I hate your brother, you're a liar. You don't know God. We don't truly know who God is. Because for he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can you love God? Who you have not seen? Who's here seen God? I mean, like physically you've seen him. Who's here has felt his presence before? Amen, that's different. But nobody here has seen God. That's why one of the disciples of Jesus, 
when he rose from the dead, he went up to him and he's like, I'll only believe it if I could touch the holes in your hand and if I could touch the, the, whatchamacallit, the, the spear that went into his, the side of his breast. He said, I'll only believe him if he really rose from the dead if I touched it. And Jesus showed up to him and he was able to touch it. But he said, blessed is the man who without seeing believes. So if we haven't seen God and we say we love him, but yet the brother and sister that we have next to us or the ones we have on social media or our family members or our co-workers, we don't love them. My question is, do you love God? That's why I told you unforgiveness hinders our relationship with God. It hinders how closer we could get to him. A lot of us, we're not experiencing peace in our heart. We're not experiencing transformation because ask yourself, do I have anger towards somebody? Do I have something against somebody? Do I have something against myself? Do I have something against God? Our relationship with others is a mirror of our relationship with God. How you treat others gives to show me how your relationship with God is. I've heard somebody say this one day. I heard, I don't know who I heard it from, but they were like, you want to see how a man is going to treat a woman? Look how he treats his mother. Who's, who's here heard that before? I think the Latino culture likes to say that a lot. Mira como él trata su mamá. And then he's going to see how he treats you. Well, God is saying our relationship with others is a mirror of our relationship with God. How you love others and how you treat others shows me how you treat God. Shows me how invested into your relationship with God you are. That's why I said we always got to walk with Jesus. Because if we don't walk with him, we're ugly inside. We're messed up inside. We need him. Number three, it blocks our forgiveness from God. I'm going to run through here. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will for also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Who here knows the Our Father prayer? Our Father that are in heaven. We, we know that, right? I remember growing up Catholic, I had to memorize that, right? I had to remember all oh, the rosary. I had to remember everything. And if you ask me if I remember it, I don't. But our Father prayer, look at the end what it says. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our debts as we forgive what? Our debtors. What does that mean? You want God to forgive you daily? How do you want him to forgive you if you're not forgiving people? If you're not forgiving yourself? If you're not forgiving that person who hurt you? If you're not forgiving your mother or your father? And we're going to get to the root of this right now. It's in God's nature to forgive. Like, it's God's nature. Look, you can curse God out right now, and he still loves you. Someone told me this one day growing up, and it really impacted my life. They're like, you can wake up today. You can fast. You can pray. You can lock in yourself in your room for 10 hours. And then the next day you wake up and sin and do a bunch of other different stuff. And he's like, God will still love you the same way he loved you that first day where you fasted, where you prayed, where you did everything. Because God loves for us does never changes. We can't understand it. So if it's in God's nature to forgive, he wants us as his sons and his daughters to learn to forgive. Say with me tonight, I'm going to learn to forgive others, myself, and if I have anything against God, I'm going to forgive him also. So check this out. 
Forgiveness produces healing. When we don't forgive, we also are not allowing God to forgive us and bring healing. When somebody gets cut, you put a Band-Aid on, right? And then what happens? After you put that Band-Aid on, it starts healing and healing and healing. That's exactly what forgiveness does. You, like, time doesn't heal wounds. It's forgiveness that does it. It's when you learn to surrender to God and say, God, I forgive them. I don't care what they did. God, I forgive myself. I don't care what I did. And God, I'm sorry if I ever took stuff out on you one day. And I'm wrapping up here. Now that we know what unforgiveness, offense, and anger does, what do we do now? I want you to repeat after me and say, love. Love. You know, this society tells us, if someone does something bad to you, go and get vengeance. If someone breaks up with you, go and be someone else's rebound. If your father or mother abused you, don't talk to you, they abandoned you as a young kid, never talk to them again. They don't deserve you. Who's ever heard that? Heard that? They don't deserve your love. They don't deserve that. You're too valuable. You're God's princess. You're God's king. You're God's prince. Don't let them treat you like that. That's what, how the world thinks. Jesus said, if someone comes and slaps you on one side of the cheek, give your other cheek. Jesus said, if someone tells you to walk one mile, walk two with them. The Bible says, if someone asks you for your shirt, give them your jacket as well. Give them everything. And if someone asks you to borrow, don't deny that. See, that God, like the Bible goes against culture. Like, and a lot of us, we want to fit culture into God. And it's like, no, like, like, no, we want to fit God into culture. And it's like, no, 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 culture fits into God. Like, the Bible doesn't change for nobody, for nothing. And the more with this social media now, this TikTok era that we live in, it's so easy to go around and hate people and judge people and criticize people. And God called us to be the light in the midst of the world. But how can you be the light if we're just judging everybody, hating on everybody, cursing out at everybody? God does not want us to live like that. Oh, but Jimmy, you don't understand. They did this to me. They hurt me. They mistreated me. God is telling you to forgive. You know why you need to forgive? I've said this many times, but somebody here that's probably here connected online needs to listen to this. Forgive for your freedom. Forgive for your freedom. Because maybe you have something against somebody and holding grudges against somebody, but that person probably right now is living it up, partying it up, is not even thinking about you right now. But you're in that same place, stuck. Forgive them for your freedom. Forgive them so you can go on to that next level in your life. And Jesus gave us, but you're like, oh, but that's so easy to say, Jimmy. It's so easy to preach that, but it's hard to live it. Check this out. Jesus gave us the best example. Who here has ever known or heard of the name Judas in the Bible? The one who betrayed Jesus. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. But look at Jesus. One he made Judas be in charge of the finances in his ministry. Check that out. It's in the Bible. Number two, Jesus let Judas eat from his own plate. Who here has ever ate from somebody's plate? That means you got to have some type of confidence with that. But you trust that person to have somebody come and dig on your plate and eat. Jesus did all of this. And three, he made him one of the 12 disciples. And he knew 
that Judas was going to be the one to betray him. You know why? You want to know why? Because if it weren't for Judas betraying him, Jesus would have never gone to the cross. In other words, all of us here, we need a Judas in our life to take us to the next level where God wants us. If it wasn't for that rejection, maybe it wouldn't have brought you closer to God. Maybe if it weren't for someone offending you, you wouldn't be here right now in this place. Maybe if it wasn't because life threw everything at you, you wouldn't be here tonight. So we needed our Judas to take us to the next level where God wanted us to be. And Judas took Jesus to Calvary, but Calvary took Jesus to the resurrection. In other words, that next level in our lives, every time you see somebody backstab you, hate you, bless them, love them, because that means the next level for your life is on its way. Whatever was dead in your life is getting ready to take alive again. Am I talking to somebody tonight? So next time, that's why Jesus said, the Bible says that in, in the Old Testament, they would teach people and they would say, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who hate you. And then people will see that you are my son and that you are my daughter. You want people to know that you're God's son, God's daughter? Love those who persecute you. Love those who curse you. Love your enemies. Bless them. Pray for them. Take them out to eat. Buy their lunch. Send them a cash app. Send them something. But love on them. Love on them. Tell them, I love you. Thank you. Because if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here right now. If it weren't because of that hurt that you did in my life, I probably wouldn't be here right now. And that's why I'm so thankful for every heartbreak, for every church hurt. Because if it weren't for all those things, I would not be standing preaching to you guys tonight. But in the, obviously, in the middle of going through that hurt, it's hard to understand. It's hard to really, like, cooperate with everything going on. But this is when walking with Jesus and learning to trust in his word comes. Where God, you allow this because you have something better in my life. And to love others, we need to be filled with God's love. Because we're taught if they don't help me, if they don't support me, that I'm not going to support them. I once, I once saw this on Instagram and it said, if your friend or the people you know are not sharing your stuff or they're not commenting or liking, that means they're not supporting you. No, no, no. That's worldly thinking. God doesn't think like that. Whether they support you, whether they don't, whether they mute you, whether they block you, continue loving, continue supporting, continue showing that God's love is in the inside of you. The more you look at yourself in the mirror, the more the devil likes to attack you and and tell you you're good for nothing you were in an accident you next time you look at yourself in the mirror you say i'm blessed god's purpose for my life will prevail the good work he started in me he's gonna finish it god formed me and chose me from his mother's womb and he predestined me for such a time like this that's how you need to talk that's how you need to see yourself that's how, like this this little this little heartbreak this hurt in my life was just a stepping stone to get me and elevate me to where God wants me to be. And check this out. Psalms 103 says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David the psalmist here was commanding his soul, bless him. Next time anger wants to come out, hatred wants to come out, tell your soul, soul, bless this person. 
forgive this person. God gave you authority over your emotions, over your thoughts, over your life. If not, David the psalmist would have never said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He was commanding his soul to bless God. Command your soul to forgive people. Command your soul to love people. To let them go. To bless those who hate you. Bless those who persecute you. I know this is not a message to get people hype and happy and whatnot, but you know what? It's necessary to walk with Jesus. It's necessary to grow in our relationship with God. So the next time you offer worship to God, next time you offer offerings to the Lord, he's going to hear it. He's going to hear your prayer. Next time you ask God, forgive me, he's going to forgive you. Oh, so God doesn't forgive me? Salvation can never be bought. He paid it all. But that daily forgiveness, God is asking you to forgive your neighbor. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And this is where I end. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's people here who are not loving yourself, so how can you love your neighbor? You know what loving yourself is? Letting go of the friendships that you need to let go of because you want to get closer to God. That's loving yourself. We just think loving ourselves is, oh, I'm beautiful, I'm handsome, I'm good looking. No, no, no. That's part of it. But loving yourself is knowing that, you know what, I need a change in my life, and I'm going to go after that change. And I'm going to move wherever I got to move. I'm going to push whoever I got to push out the way. But I got somewhere to be in life. I want to grow in God. I want to develop in God. I want to get closer to God. It wasn't until I grew up in my life and I realized that partying, drinking, smoking, all these things meant nothing in this world. But it wasn't until I decided and I made that conclusion in my head and I said I'm gonna run after Jesus and it wasn't honestly that I decided it's that he drew me his love drew me and I'm in with this yo I really get it the pastors who always say I'm gonna end I'm gonna end now I'm gonna end now like I really feel them now because I think I've said that 10 times already and I haven't ended but we ending right now and it says this Romans 8 38 and I love this Bible verse and I shared it today in the morning and it says this for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nobody, nothing. It doesn't matter the sin. It doesn't matter the failure. It doesn't matter the pit you fell into. God's love is always there getting ready to reach out and forgive you. And in order to forgive others, you need to be baptized with love. You need to be filled with love daily. You need to ask God, allow that love to penetrate my heart. Allow that love to consume my life. God, in the, you see it throughout the New Testament, the epistles, Apostle Paul, all the books. It said everything is good, but if you don't have love, then nothing works. The gifts of the Spirit, they're all good, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. And the church, we became so good at saying we love them until they come close to us. We became so good at speaking in tongues, but not speaking to our brother or our sister. We became so good in worshiping and lifting our hands, but hating our family. We became so good at drawing close to God and having an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. We can't fake this walk. We got to walk it like we talk it. We got to do what the Bible says. 
not what people are teaching, not what people are saying, what the Bible says, and if what they're teaching and what they're saying aligns to the word of God, then I'm going to listen to it. But if not, get away from me. I'm going to love you, but get away from me. Because a lot of people misinterpret the Bible verse where it says that don't get tired of doing good. Who's ever here read that, read that Bible verse where it says never get tired of doing good. Like always do good. A, a lot of times doing good is letting go of that person. A lot of times doing good is cutting what you need to cut off. Because we think that just, oh, I, that means I got to love everybody, got to hug everybody, got to kiss everybody. No. What it means is that if people pursue you, you're going to pray for them. You're praying for your enemies. That's what I'm telling you. The Bible goes against whatever we're taught here. It goes against what social media teaches us. You don't got to compare yourself to other people. Don't compare your journey with someone else's if you haven't seen their seed. Don't compare someone else's walk. That's why you're unique. That's why you're, you're original. Who's here ever gone to the, a job or something and they had to get your fingerprints? Your fingerprints are unique. Nobody can, not even if you have an identical twin, your fingerprints is always going to be different from someone else. You're unique. Your process with God is unique. What God is doing in your life now is unique. Embrace it. Embrace it. We've, we've, I've said this last week, and I'm going to say it again for someone who needs to hear it. Don't trust the process. Trust God in the process. Trust him in what you're going through. Trust him that he's making a way out. Trust him that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Trust him that even though you walk through the valley of shadow of death and evil, you will not fear because he's with you. Trust him that the Bible says that if you abide in the shadow of the Almighty, he will guard you and he will protect you. That he won't allow an armed weapon to prosper against you. What does that mean? He won't allow hatred, nor what somebody thinks about you, destroy you. Because you, we got to put our reputation to the side. But what if they think about this about me? What if they say this about me? Jesus said, if I was persecuted and the prophets before me were persecuted, you're also going to get persecuted. But love people. The church says we love the gay community. We say we love the sinner. Until they come to our church, we change our thoughts on them. Now, sin is sin, conviction is conviction, but loving people, love changes. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. The Bible says that where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds even more. Uh, let's allow God to do a surgery in our heart tonight. Examine our lives. And if you got to forgive somebody tonight, you're going to declare it and you're going to speak it with your heart, with your chest up, and you're going to say, I, for, I don't know who, you, who here needs to text somebody after here. No, but what happens if I text them? It's going to open a communication that I don't want. Send it. Forget about if it opens a communication or not. Do it for your freedom. Do it for what God, you're going to feel that after you do that, something came off of you. Because a lot, what unforgiveness does, it's, it makes you carry someone's dead body on top of you. What do I mean by that? There's people here who, you know, you have unforgiveness towards a pastor, towards a leader, towards your ex-boyfriend, your ex-spouse, your mom, your dad, your colleagues, your whoever. And what you're doing is that you're weighing yourself down with that person's baggage. You're weighing yourself down. God is telling you, forgive. Let go. Love them. 
Treat them good. Bless them. And then watch how God's going to reward your life. God, watch how God's going to start healing your life. Watch how things in your life are going to start moving around. Watch how relationships and new doors are going to start opening. And by relationships, I don't just mean boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean like godly friendships and relationships. And when you learn to close that last chapter in your life and actually lock it and throw the key away so you never open it again. And learn to embrace the new that God has for you. God has new things for us. The book of Acts says that, behold, times of refreshing are coming for his people. God wants to do something new in your life. But he can't do it new. And so you don't forget that. And it's not going to be easy, but it is possible with Christ. You know how, and I literally, I end here. You know how I know someone, you forgave that person? You want to know how you forgave that person? You want to know how really you forgave that person? When you think about that situation, when you think about that person, or when you see that person, and you no longer feel that thing inside of you anymore. Those memories are going to be there. But when you think about them, they don't bring hurt or pain or sadness to your life anymore. That's how you know you truly forgave somebody. When you can see them walking down and you can just shake their hand and say, God bless you, or how are you, how's everything, and not have it hurt your heart. But that's impossible. Good, because that's where God comes in. When things are impossible, when things are hard, when there's no ultimatum, when there's no other decision, that's when God comes in and that's when God does the work. Amen?